Let us pray. Loving Creator, we pray that you would use me to your will and to your glory. That you would take Deborah and you would hide her in the background so that you can come forward, that your people might feel your love and instruction. In the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Today, I just want to tell you that toddlers wobble and they weeble and they do fall down. We are quite aware of that. If you've ever been around a toddler, you know that right before they're able to walk, they do a lot of reeling and wobbling and falling down. But once they get the hang of it, your home becomes a speedway. They don't walk anymore, they run everywhere. Your house becomes the Kentucky Derby. They have races everywhere because their feet are so happy to be in movement. Your house becomes the Olympic trials as the furniture is moved or not moved, beds jumped on to be trampolines, or either they're turning frontward flips or backward flips, they're learning to nail the landing or not and falling down on their knees. We do a lot of falling down on our knees. In fact, many of you have probably taught your children to fall on their knees, to fall on their knees every night with their palms clasped, fingertips touching, head bowed, eyes closed in prayer. They pray a prayer that I still remember. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God, please bless mommy, daddy, my sisters and brothers, cousins, the whole world, and my puppy in creation. Amen. Remember that prayer? I prayed that prayer all the time, every day of the week. It wasn't just weekdays I was on my knees, but weekdays, you can remember being on your knees going to church, perhaps. Many people remember three things that you did when you walked into a chapel. The first thing you did was to bless yourself with holy water or holy oil. The next thing you did was genuflect or get on your knees. And the third thing you did was to pray. You prayed for yourself. You may say, well, why would you pray for yourself before the service? Well, you prayed for yourself because you were going to engage in corporate prayer later. And many of you have been engaging in that corporate prayer by calling one another on the telephone. And as I've done that as well, I have heard your stories. I heard of the stories of your mothers and your fathers, your sisters and your brothers that have died from COVID-19. Those who have been placed in the hospital and in ICU right now, fighting for their lives because of this virus. And I liken this news to being in a prize fight. You're rocked by the devastating first punch of the news 
And before you can recover, you get hit in the gut with a shot that takes your breath away. And there's nothing you can do but fall and take a knee. But while I have been on my knee, I have remembered what was important. I recall that Jesus in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, the 37th verse, reminded me that there are two things to consider that are important in life. And one is to love the Lord your God with all of his heart, your mind, and your soul. And the second one is likened unto it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. You have been doing a wonderful job of loving your neighbor as yourself. You have continued to shelter in place. You've continued to make sure that you're only going out for essential things during the day, that you limit your contact and exposure with other people. You continue to say, I love you by placing a glove on your left and your right hand and then on your nose which means I love myself and I love you as well. You've done a wonderful job with doing those things and staying connected to one another as Jesus has taught us to do. He says that we should love and care for one another as we love and care for ourselves. And that means that we are spending a lot of time on our needs praying for one another. I said I've spent a lot of time on my knees praying and I can recall even in seminary as I was on my knees praying every morning. I did that when I was in a Buddhist class. Learning much about Buddhism, I was taught 101 genuflections and that for 101 times, I would stand on my feet and then fall on my knees and pray. And during that prayer, I would recite the word Om because Om is said to be a perfect sound. It is a vibration of the universe. And because we all are nothing but energy, then it is that energy and that vibration that the entire world makes. And so we were taught to say that word to be one in concert with the universe and one um, that one with the universe and that sound of um connected us to the life source. Well, in that training of connecting to the life source, I'm reminded of the first part of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, where Jesus is telling us about those two commandments. The first of the commandment is that we would love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and with all of our minds and with all of our souls. Or Eugene Patterson says, we would love him with all of our purpose, with our passion and our intelligence. Our scripture text today talks about what scripture will keep us from the coronavirus of despair. And that is knowing that Jesus is our shepherd and walking with the shepherd. David reminds us of this connection that we have with the shepherd in the Psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I know that's anthropomorphic giving God, the God and creator of the universe, 
a human characteristic like being a shepherd. But that was the greatest thing that David could think of because David was a shepherd and he knew that the shepherd spent 24 seven caring for the sheep. The shepherd spent his life knowing the terrain around them so that the shepherd's sheep would not want, would not care for anything. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. David teaches us that God is provisional, that he makes us lie down, that there are times just like at those toddler children, when you have them lie on their knees, fall on their knees before they lie down, it's hard to get them to go to sleep. They've been running around all day and they do not want to stop. And the good shepherd makes the sheep lie down because rest is restorative and replenishing and necessary for good health. And so David says, he's my protector, he's my provisioner. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He knows the terrain through the seasons of life. He knows which place I need to reside for maximum comfort and food and nutrition. So he leads me to those places that he knows about for the season that I'm going to be in my life. David says, he leads me besides the still waters. I was reminded this past week through a little video how important that is. The video showed a big husky and he was in lead of about 10 other dogs. And he had stopped on this frozen ice in front of a hole where he could get some water. The water was slushing out of the hole and he was lapping it up. And the other dogs behind him were frantically waiting for their opportunity to quench their own thirst. But that husky wouldn't let them have any water. Each one would try to go forward and he'd turn around and growl at them. And after a little while, there was another dog. It was a German Shepherd, ran about 10 feet parallel to where the Husky was. And he started pouncing up and down on his front feet. And he kept doing that until the ice gave way and the water came gushing up. And as the water came through the hole, he stepped aside and looked at his buddies and they came running and they were able to drink. The caption said, this is the difference between being in the lead and being a leader. David knew what it was like to lead his sheep to still waters, a place where they could drink and be refreshed and be cleaned. He knew that the shepherd was not only there for provision, but the shepherd was there as guide as well. And then he not, he talks about that he's not just there as provisioner, he's also there for protection, that he has a rod and he has a staff, and that that rod and staff sometimes are the same tool, the same thing that God uses to ward off the enemy that would want to come and kill off the sheep, is the same tool that God uses sometimes to correct us. 
sheep are known for going off in the wrong direction and wandering away. And there's a crook on the shepherd's staff, which is designed for the sheep to be placed around its neck. And whenever it's caught in a thicket, the shepherd can use that crook to grab it and pull it out of the thicket. He can also pull it and bring it along so that it can be brought back into community when it's fallen and wandered away. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. It's comforting to know that there is someone who knows the terrain, someone who knows where the enemy is and is able to ward it off so that I can be at peace and be in connection with one another. This particular psalm also reminds us that the Lord not only is there to ward off others, but that he's there to anoint our head with oil. Just like that anointing that we sometimes do when we go into church, he's there to anoint our heads with oil to remind us of who we are, that we belong to God, and that that anointing gives us the wisdom and the understanding that is necessary for us to bring forth the changes in the world. We're so grateful that the Lord is our shepherd. Sometimes the sheep need oil because their sheep fur has gotten all naughty and there are all kinds of parasites that sometimes can get in it and they have to oil it to get those parasites and flies out of the sheepskin. And so David is mindful of all of these images that he encountered as a shepherd. And he knew that God must be something like this, that he gave his life to ward off the foxes and the wolves that would come to take any of his sheep. And isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't this what we are celebrating, that he is risen indeed? That the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. That he goes before us and mercy and grace follow after us and we're never alone. And we know this because he laid down his life on Calvary for each and every one of us. Praise the Lord. And for this reason, we stay on our knees, not always in contemplation for the needs of the world, but sometimes we fall on our knees in adoration and praise and thanksgiving to God for all that God has done for us and for our world. This is the word of God for the people of God. When we're fighting despair, let us remember that we have a Savior that is always there. Amen. Now, those of you who are familiar with the worship experience, after I share a word from the Lord, I ask if there's anyone who would like to give their life to the Lord. When you give your life to the Lord, you're saying yes to the Savior, one who was there 
to protect us and to provide for us. One who not only is here to give us what we need in this world, but to also be there for what we need when we die. He is the Alpha and the Omega of all. And if you'd like to connect with Christ, please give us a call. We would be glad to have you as a member of this church. And even if you don't call us, all you have to say is, Lord, come into my heart. I receive you as my good shepherd. And Christ is in your heart and will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. God bless you. God has a purpose for your life and it is good. So let's get on with it with another encouraging word for today and tomorrow with the Reverend Dr. Deborah Murray.